You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. Well, if you didn't know it, we have been on a pretty long series. It's called These Three. And we're winding down, and it's been really good. And I want you to turn, or they can put up 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. I'm going to read it out of King James. Now abides faith. And so we talked about living faith, not just, not a pretend faith, not a faith you use just when you have problems, but you have faith every day of your life. The Bible says the just shall what? Live by faith. faith. So I'm supposed to be living by faith. And in order to live by faith, then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So every day, all day long, I have to constantly be fed the word of God, uh, meditate in the word of God so that I can live by faith. There's never been a more important time in your life and in this season, in the end of the days, to live by faith. Everybody say, I will live by faith. And so we talked about that. And then the Bible says hope. Well, that word hope is a joyful, confident expectation. And so we say it around here like this. Everybody say, hope lives. Why does hope live? Because Jesus lives. So hope is something that you and I have to have, but it's not the world kind of hope. Their hope is uh, if, you know, you ask them, is something going to happen? They'll say, well, I hope so. Well, that has nothing to do with Bible faith. That has nothing to do with Bible hope. That hope is something, well, they don't know if it's going to happen or it's not going to happen. It's kind of wishy-washy. That's not faith. Hope, Bible hope, is something that's joyful, it's confident, and it expects. And that hope also is an anchor to your soul. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, please put that up. It says, now abides faith, hope, and that word charity is agape. And so it's love. And so we're calling that last part. Um, uh, I know that many, many years ago, Robert and the youth came up with the Lovolution. And then we had our own Lovolution. But we're talking about it again. So everybody say Lovolution. What's a Lovolution? Well, it's a revolution uh, uh, of the love of God. And I believe right now, oh my goodness, do we need to see the love of God in demonstration. Amen. Amen. And so uh, we've been talking about a lot of things about love. So the first thing is we know what? That the Lord Jesus loved you. God the Father loves you. He loved you so much that he gave you Jesus. And the Bible says if he gave you Jesus, what would he ever withhold from you? I know that as I grew up in a denominational church, and they only taught me what they knew, but um, I grew up with a very weird perspective and actually a, a not biblical perspective of who God was. Um, I grew up as a teenager always believing God was mad at me, always believed that God was going to get me. I, I really believed that he was an angry God, and you could never do anything to please him. And so I lived uh, in a wrong fear of him. And I'm so grateful that when I came back to God in my early 20s that I found out that he was a good God. That if he gave me Jesus, what would he ever withhold from me? And his word is true. And if he promised me something, then he wanted me to have it. And I didn't even have to pull it out of his hand. I just would receive from him. So we know that he loves us. And so that word agape is a God kind of love. And that God kind of love uh, is to you. That God kind of love is for you. That God kind of love is in you. The Bible says in Romans 5, 5, that the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. So that love is in you. And then now God wants that love through you. And so we also talked about this. We've talked about how, um, you know, I know a lot of people say, and if you weren't, so this was, I think, last week we did Christmas. The week before that, I talked to you about this, that, um, you know, I've heard people say this, and I understand what they're saying. They say, well, I really love the Lord. You know, their life is a mess. Church is unimportant to them. Um, They're just, you know, living the way of the world. Um, You know, not going to argue whether they're saved or not saved, but you can't tell unless they got a T-shirt on um, that says something about it. You know what I'm saying? A bumper sticker, you know, uh, or something. But the, the world shouldn't have to, 
I, I believe, I'm not going to hurt the t-shirt sales around here, but you know, the world shouldn't have to tell that we're Christians because of the t-shirt we wear. Amen. Amen. There ought to be an action. And a lot of times people say, well, I love the Lord. And, but um, we talked about, <laughs> I, I didn't really necessarily intend to do it this way, but because of pastoring and counseling and a lot of marriage counseling we do, we talk a lot about love languages. And so if you weren't here, that was a really good message, and I think it will really help you. If you understand anything about human interaction and human love, a lot of times people uh, who are married or, um, or even, you know, engaged, they miss one another because they try to show love how they receive love, and the other person's not getting it. And so that's why it's a really important thing, and I think it's valuable. But, you know, a lot of times people will be like, well, I love the Lord. Well, well Jesus has a particular love language. Amen. Just, he, he really does. And his language is singular. He said, if you love me, do what I say. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Well, I love the Lord, but you're not doing anything he says. You're not, you're not obeying the word. Living in sin, acting like the world, talking like the world, being like the world. Then you don't love him. You may be born again, and you may go to heaven when you die. Right? But if you love him, you'll do what he says. How, how simple is it? Well, you know, do we got to work at that one then? Well, if you're married, how many of you know you have to work at that too? Come on. If you're in any kind of relationships at all, you have to work on it. You have to improve. So, uh, but listen to me. You can't, now let's back up. You cannot earn the love of God. You know, because I say it this way. He loves you as much now as a uh, saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, saved, sanctified person that he did when you were a sinner. But you can be more or less pleasing to him. And I want to please the Lord. Do you want to please the Lord? And the Lord said, if you want to show me that love back, because see, his love to you is unconditional. His love to you is everlasting. He loved you first. He loved you when you were dead in your trespasses and sin. He loved you so much, he sent you his best, which was Jesus, the word of God. So on his side, nothing can separate you from the love of God. His love is always there. You can't earn it. You can't earn it. You can't earn it. Human love is earned. But if you want to show that love back to him, then you'll do what he says. You'll be a doer of the word. And then when he tells you something personally, you'll obey that, all right? And so now that love that shed abroad in our hearts. So last week also, we began to look at the law of love. So let's look in Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 40, as we talk some more about love evolution, as we talk about this, the greatest of these is agape, the greatest of these is love. And, um, and again, let me just, before I get going, remember what I said, the Lord will meet people where they're at. Because remember the last thing we talked about was how the Lord met Peter who denied Jesus three times. Remember Jesus said to him, do you agape me? And he said, you know, I phileo, that's brotherly kindness. Jesus said, you know, you agape, I agape, do you agape me? Phileo. Then Jesus said, do you phileo? He'll, he'll meet you where, where you're at, but he's expecting you to rise up to the agape. I believe Peter did because even in his writings by the Holy Ghost, he talks about love, the God kind of love. And so we said this in Matthew 22, 37 through 40. Jesus said unto him, you will love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and the great commandment. The second is like unto it. You will love your neighbor as yourself. Of these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And so I talk to you about this. I do this every time. It's like the old shower curtain. The shower curtain you have in your bathroom, when you put the curtain on it, you put all those rings on it. But if you've ever tried to put it up and you get it lopsided, what happens? The curtain ends up on the floor. It is the same thing with the word of God. If you don't learn how to walk, uh, do these two commandments, um, everything's going to be on the floor. Amen. That's why it's the greatest of these. Your faith works by it. You can't work your faith without love. Um, in the hour we live in, I keep bringing this up, but first John says perfect love 
Love that's matured, when you understand how much God loves you, perfect love casts all fear out. So people who are very afraid, who are believers, have not arrived or have not grown in the love of God. Because when, I should have been a little stronger. Listen, when you figure out how much he loves you, you know he's got you. And you don't have to be afraid. I didn't tell you be stupid. I didn't tell you to ignore natural laws. I just said you don't have to be afraid anymore. I said you don't have to be afraid anymore. The more perfect love, the more you understand God loves you. The more you will not, it, the, the, I like one modern, modern translation. It says, when love of God is perfected in you, it opens a screen door and kicks fear out. Yeah. Amen. And so um, the law of love. And so we looked at that first part, but we're going to look at the last part here today. Loving your neighbor as yourself. John 13, 34 through 35. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another. How? As I loved you. So the kind of love that God loves you with, you're supposed to turn it around and love others with that. By this, men shall know you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So it, how do you know you're born again? Well, you know you're born again because you have a witness on the inside of you. But how does everybody else know you're born again? How does everybody, we, in this hour, we should stand out. Not blend in. Well, how do we stand out? Do we look a certain way? Um, do we, you know, uh, we all start dressing? No. How do you stand out? It's called love. It's called agape. It'll make you stand out. Especially in the hour we live in, especially right now in the United States of America. And really all parts of the world because the divider in chief, the devil, is really working at division and so how do we stand out? It says, by this shall all men. Now, the Bible doesn't exaggerate. By this, my spiritual father used to say, everybody doesn't understand healing. Everybody doesn't understand tongues. But everybody understands love. Amen. Everybody understands love. Everybody, that's, the Lord says it's the greatest of these. Everybody understands love. Amen. Amen. By this shall all men know you're my disciples if you have love one to another. And I'm not talking about gooey love. I'm not talking about worldly love. I'm talking about the God kind of love. Amen. The God kind of love is amazing. I mean, you feel love, but also if there's something wrong in you, he'll fix it. I said it because he loves you too much to leave you messed up. And if you love people, you'll help them too. Hallelujah. All right. By this men shall know you're my disciples. You have love one to another. First John chapter four, verse 20. If a man, any man say, I love God. Everybody say, I love God. I love God. But what's the next one say? And hates his brother. He's a liar. That's right. His pants are on fire. If somebody says, I love God, but they hate somebody. I hate this kind of person. I hate that person. I hate this politician. I hate. Then you're a liar. Now listen, I don't want to be in that category. Because Jesus was real clear when he was dealing with the religious people. He said, you're of your father, the devil. And he was a liar from the beginning. He's the author of lies. Yes, yes. Be careful hanging out with liars. There's a lot of things I tolerate from people, but I don't tolerate lying. Amen. We never tolerated it in our house. Matter of fact, if you told the truth, even when you did something wrong, you might get a get out of jail free card. <laughs> totally fess up. God's good that way. Amen. All right. I got y'all fun to preach to you today. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyway, if a man says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he that loves not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love a God who he has not seen? So people go around, I love God, I love God, but they hate people. They hate anybody for any reason, anything. Now listen, I'll just throw this in. You're supposed to hate sin. It destroys people. You hate sin. You hate what God hates. And he hates sin because of what it does to people. Right? 
But you never hate a person or hate on a person. All right. So what is hate? Listen to this. To dislike intensely. You all know this, but to di- what does it mean to hate? To dislike intensely or passionately, feel extreme aversion for or extreme hostility towards, detest, loathe, or despise. So any of those things should never be aimed at a person or a group of people or or, or even if you go to Alabama, you wouldn't hate anyone from Auburn. <laughs> or if you're from Michigan, you wouldn't hate anyone from Michigan State. Or So I just could be real with you where you're at in the season we're in. All right. <laughs> are you out? Are we good? All right. So what does love in the brethren look like? Now listen, we're going to start with loving the brethren. Because if we can't love among ourselves, we're not going to be able to love anybody else. So let's see what the Bible says about that first, all right? Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 10, we're going to look out of the Amplified Classics. So Romans 12, 9 through 10. So we're supposed to love people the way Jesus loved us. We can't hate, all that, all right. So let your love be sincere, a real thing. Let your love be sincere, a real thing. So no, no, no fake it till you make it here. Amen. Let your love be sincere, a real thing. Hate what is evil, right? We already talked about that. Loathe all ungodliness. Loathe it. He's not, not playing. Turn in horror from wickedness, but hold fast to that which is good. Verse 10. Love one another, how? With brotherly affection as members of one family. Giving pre- now, you just got done with Thanksgiving and Christmas, and I know you got some family members out there, right? And, and so, but you know, you love them anyway, right? They might embarrass you at the table, but you love them anyway, right? But it's the same thing with the body of Christ. How many of you know we, everybody hadn't all grown up? Everybody doesn't say everything just right, right? But we're supposed to love them with affection as members of one family, given precedence. What? Give precedence. Put their needs above yours. Give precedence. Show honor to one another. Pastor Belinda's been talking about honor when she's been taking up the offering. Show honor to one another. That's something that's lost. Something that's lost in society as a whole. You honor someone. You, honor, you know, it's like the military. Whether you like the man or the woman over you, whether you like the lieutenant colonel or not, <laughs> you smile. You know, if they said smile, you smile while you're saluting. You know, you honor the position. Come on. You honor the position. Even if the person doing it's a fool, you honor the position. All right? Give precedence and showing honor to one another. All right, we'll keep moving. You like these things? How, 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 do, we love the, how do we love the brethren? Well, we, we love them sincere. We hate evil, but we hold fast to that which is good. We love one another with brotherly affection as members of one family because they are giving precedence and showing honor. So what does brotherly love look like? What does brotherly agape look like? I give precedence to you. I give honor to you. I, I used to hate this when she did it. Um, but now, especially because we're on the a particular diet we're on, I don't mind it as much anymore. Pastor Rhonda, whenever we would have meat or steak, or especially steak, she would always give me the best one. Keep doing that. I really like it. Um, um, because she said she, it, it shows her love for me. Oh, great. Now I did it publicly. Now I'm going to have to reverse it. Anyway, but you know, would you write this? But, but my point is, do things for people that they don't ask you to do. Find out what pleases somebody, even somebody you don't know. Come on, you can tell at the grocery store, at the Walmart and at the Kroger, when someone's really in a hurry and all stressed out, and maybe you got an extra minute. You know, try to do this. You talk about shock people these days. And then, you know, add Jesus loves you in it and, you know, move your cart back or your, you know, you know what I'm saying? There's different ways to show all kinds of, all right, you didn't like that one. All right, Romans 13, I'm in a hurry. All right, Romans 13. I'm not today. Romans 13, 8 through 10. Okay, let, let's look at this one. Um, let's see. 
Let's see if I want to look at this one. Let's see. Um, if you look at Romans chapter 13, in our circles, this is kind of sometimes, I don't know that I always like the way it's taught. Because when it says, oh, no man, anything, a lot of times people use it um, to say, well, you should never be in debt. Don't, don't, don't have a mortgage. Don't, uh, you know, uh, don't make payments on cars if you can't. I don't know that that's what this is. It is talking about, um, in verse 6, it talks, it's talking about taxes. Woo, hallelujah. Taxes. The Bible even talks about taxes. Um, it talks about pay them. It does. It says to pay them. Um, he calls them God's ministers. Well, that's what the word says. Render therefore, well, that's just a Christian. Uh, this was Rome. Well, I don't understand why you think well, this is a Christian. This is Rome. They were the most ungodly government at the time. Now, if you can um, legally get out of paying more than you have to, then do it. Hallelujah. Get a good account. Render, therefore, all their dues, verse 7, tribute to whom tribute, um, custom to whom custom, fear or honor to whom honor, honor to whom honor. And it says, owe no man anything. In other words, do all that. Do the natural stuff. Do it. Do it right. Understand what you're doing. You live here on the earth. You live in a country. Do it. Praise the Lord. Did I lose everybody? You remember, you remember Joseph went to Bethlehem to pay taxes. I, I understand. Um, you know, don't pay more than your fair share. Anyway, owe no man anything. So it's saying do all that. So it's not talking about don't have any debt. It's talking about do, pay your taxes. It's talking about do all that natural stuff. But then spiritually, this is what I want from you. Don't owe any man anything, but this is what you do owe everybody. To love them. Why? Because if you love them, you fulfill the law. For this, it says in verse 9, you should not commit adultery, should not kill. You all know what those are? Those are part of the big ten. The ten commandments. Right? Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet there be any other commandment. It's briefly comprehended in this saying and namely. So do we keep the big ten? Well, you'll keep all the ten commandments if you do these two commandments. So no, you don't have to keep all ten. But if you keep, you, if you keep these two, you'll keep all ten. But it's a new way. So they didn't have the love of God shed abroad in their heart. They didn't necessarily love God like we love God. They were servants. They had honor. They had respect for the almightiness of God, but they didn't have a love for God. Why? Because they weren't part of a family. But now the love of God is in you. And he said, um, that you, he said uh, if there be any other commandment, it's briefly comprehended in the same, namely, you'll love your neighbor as yourself. Why? Because love works no ill to his neighbor. So if I'm walking in love, I'm not making my neighbor ill or mad or aggravated. Well, pastor, this sounds like a, a doormat theology. Listen, uh, you know, if you'll walk in love, then there's no doormat in you because God's got you and his power's got you. And he'll always deliver you out of all your trouble. If you'll See, the deal is this. The devil knows the word of God as much as many or more of you. And he knows if he can get you out of love, get you into hate, you begin to mimic and imitate things you hear right now from even preachers who do not have the heartbeat of God. Because God is love. He isn't faith. He isn't power. He does those things. He, he, he activates those things. But God is love. God is love. God is love. And you see, that's why it's the greatest of these. And if the devil can get you, come on, what does the devil work morning, noon, and night at? He wants you in unforgiveness. Even Jesus said, if you're in unforgiveness, you got to deal with it. Come on, everybody around here knows Mark 11, 22, 23, and 24. But 25 and 26 is said in the same breath. If you have ought against your neighbor, right? What you got to do? You got to get cleaned up. Come on, that doesn't always mean you have to go back and fix everything from your past. It just means you got to get it out of your heart. 
You got, and, and sometimes you do have to ask for forgiveness. All right, how, are you all good? What are we supposed to be doing? We're supposed, love works no ill to his neighbor. And doesn't the devil know what, what activates faith? Doesn't he know what gets rid of fear? Doesn't he know? What is the devil doing right now on steroids? He is trying to get people out of love. If you have a marriage, where is the devil? First thing he does is try to get a man and a woman out of love with one another. Any relationship, what do you try to do? Bring offenses. It's a big deal, right? What, what fulfills the law? Love your neighbor as yourself. Glory to God. All the law and the prophets hang on it. All the law and the prophets hang on it. If you'll love the Lord your God and love your neighbors yourself, you fulfill all the Ten Commandments. Let's look at this. So uh, love works. No, how does, what does brotherly love look like? I'm not working ill to my neighbor. I'm not doing things that hurt my neighbor. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking bad about my neighbor. I'm not joining in. I'm not liking and reposting. Things that work ill. You know, if you just stick with the word, just post a scripture. Put it in five different translations or something. If you want variety. All right. James chapter 2, verses 8 through 9, Amplified Classic. James chapter 2, verse 8. Amplified classic. If indeed you really fulfill the royal law in accordance with the scripture, you will love your neighbor as you love yourself. You do well. Let's just stop there. Now, remember, a lot of times I've had to deal with people, not a lot, sometimes I have to deal with people about they don't love themselves. L listen, listen to me. When a believer has trouble walking in love, one of the areas that is true is um, they don't really love themselves. They don't, not only do they not like themselves, they don't love themselves. It's hard to show love to other people when you've not been delivered from yourself. You, you really do have to, not in, not in an arrogant way, but I love me. And, you know, I'll just speak to it. And probably the reason I speak to this is because I, I used to be this. Um, I had a lot of self-loathing. I didn't like who I was. I didn't like how I looked. didn't like... Uh, where I was in the station of my life. I was never good enough. Uh, you know, if I got a promotion, it was never high enough. If I got a raise, it was never good enough. If I made an A, it wasn't an A plus. Um, if da 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 And so I, ha so I understand this. But what it causes then is you not to be able to love anybody else correctly. So you need to get free from you for everybody around you. And what will help you with other people, if they can't love you, then probably there's something that they need fixed in them that only Jesus can do. Remember in Luke chapter 4, I thank God for physical healing. I thank God for everything that Jesus did. But in Luke chapter 4, when he said, the spirit of the Lord's upon me, he was anointed to heal the brokenhearted. Heal the brokenhearted. Brokenhearted people, because they've never received agape and let agape help them, it's hard for them to give agape. So one of the things you need to do, and it's good for you, because people, we don't want to be selfish. And, yeah, but in this area, you need to let the love of God fix you. You need to let the love of God heal you. And then you can then you can minister it. Then you can let it flow through you to other people. Now, why, you know, so, well, don't, now don't use that excuse. Well, I'm broken, so I'm going to break everybody around me. Come on. Everybody loves us. Sorry, ladies. You're going to get this one. If mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Well, mama needs to get saved. Mama needs to get sanctified. Mama needs to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Because if mama's ruining everybody's time, you know, or, you know, well, I'll make it equal. Yes, I hear you. You know, if daddy's grouchy, if daddy's, you know, a bear, you know, but come on, how we are, and, and we all have off days, but don't let off days become off weeks, off months, and off years, and a lifetime of excuses. 
the love of God will help us. All right, we're really doing good today. Hallelujah. If you really fulfill the royal law in accordance with scriptures, you will love your neighbor as you love yourself. You do well. But if you, I like this one. Let's look at this. I think we, I mentioned this, but I want to, I want to dig down just a minute. But if you show survival, because that, that word is again, I couldn't say it last time, whatever it is, prejudice and favoritism. So let's talk about prejudice. Let's talk about favoritism. Let's just talk about prejudice. What is prejudice? Prejudice is prejudgment based on something outward. You prejudge someone based on an outward appearance, based on a, a, a fact out there. So the Lord is saying, the Spirit of God is saying that um, we are not to have any prejudice in our hearts whatsoever. And so, um, what? but see, listen, prejudice is part of the fall. It's part of the curse. People who are not born again, who are not taught the word of God, um, prejudice is something that, that why, why does prejudice? Prejudice divides. Who, again, who is the divider? The devil. Who inspires uh, that? The devil. So it's a spirit. Number one, take authority over the spirit. Don't, don't be, so we have to be aware of that. But what, what conquers prejudice? The love of God, not human love. Not human love. What conquers prejudice? The love of God. What conquers favoritism in a bad way? On your job, whatever you do, I don't care what you look like. I don't care what your outward temple looks like. It's beautiful. You think it's not so beautiful. It's, it's a certain shade or not a certain shade. You got, uh, you know, what, whatever. It, it's a, a, a double wide versus, a, you know, a, 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 a tiny house, whatever it is. This is your temple. This is your temple. Whether it's got shingles or no shingles. You know what I'm saying? Doesn't matter. Whether it's got moss growing or no moss growing. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter. You need to get over that. Listen to me, everybody in the room, get over it. Do not, you say, well, people, people, people. People have no control over you if you belong to God. And you're walking in the love of God. Because this is what happens. If you'll walk in love, then you're walking in God's law. If you're walking in love with, uh, with God and people, no matter what they do to you, God himself will make a way for you. God himself will intervene for you if you that, don't participate in the world's way of getting things done. I know you live in the natural and I'm not against causes. I'm not against social causes. I'm not against those things. If you want to, if you want to get a sign that says, I'm, do what you want to do. You're not going to have me. I'm not going to be doing it. Um, that's just not who I am, but I know who I belong to. And I know when I believe the word of God and I speak the word of God, if I do the word of God, as for me and mine, he'll take care of us. We have so many testimonies. Uh, uh, of people as we teach them the word of God, answering things. And I'm not even talking about answering it out loud. You even feel some prejudice to you. And I'm not just talking about the color of your skin. I'm talking about your education. I'm talking about where you're from, whatever, whatever it is. Whatever someone has prejudice, prejudged you. They don't think you're smart enough. You can't handle that position. You're not educated enough. That's prejudice. That's prejudice. And all of it is devilish. Because when God has said he wants you to have something, he can make a way for you. It doesn't matter. God's favoritism, come on, favor, God's favoritism is good. It'll surround you like a shield. It'll surround you like a shield. Come on, I, I'm, just, I'm just telling you. So what we, uh, Pastor Rado especially teaching some people, you, when, when something looks like prejudice, not out loud, but to it, because it's the spirit, answer it. Amen. Just like Jesus answered the fig tree. If you don't answer it, it'll have dominion over you. It'll mock you. It'll make fun of you. Jesus didn't let that fig tree mock him. He answered it. He never let the storm mock him. He answered it. You answer it. With the Spirit of God, with the Word of God. And watch it change. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So no prejudice, no favoritism in the wrong way for, for, to people. 
Um, but if you show prejudice, favoritism for people, you commit sin. It's a sin. It's a sin. And are, and are rebuked. So if it's a sin, then it's of the devil. Pure, simple. L- listen, I'm going to say it again. I said it last time, but it's up. It, it pops up. Listen, um, if you are clo- supposedly close to someone and you love them and they love you and you're friends, if they do something or say something to you that is like makes you uncomfortable, how come, you know, it's like spinach in somebody's teeth. Wouldn't you be a friend to tell them, you know what, when you said that, that makes me feel this way? Why wouldn't you do that? But today people are just with people. Mess with me. I thought you loved them about a month ago. Yeah, but they said this. They should have known better. Should have known better. They like this. That's not love. Because the real love of God, I don't know if you know this or not, but if you do something wrong, he'll correct you. If your brother offends you, you're supposed to go to them. Not go to social media. Go to them. Talk to, because if you love them and they're your brother, that's what you're supposed to do. The devil hates relationships. Despises them. Despises unity. Despises this kind of message. Because if a group of people ever really get to walking in love, Nothing's impossible. Unity in the right direction. You just change everything. All right. This is Pastor Mark's preach with comments today. But they're all scripture. It's all scripture. You commit sin and are rebuked and convicted by the law as violators and offenders. So if you show prejudice, you show favoritism in a human way for people, you commit sin. I told you this story. It pops up again. I'm going to say it again. You know, even in churches, you have to watch. Especially in the modern church. You know, I know this one time, this church, I knew, heard of it in, around Tulsa area. It's when TV first started. Um, when people would come in, the ushers were chained, trained to prick the, pick the pretty ones, the good-looking ones, and set them up front where the cameras were. I guess us ugly folk have to sit in the back. <laughs> Whatever. I had a pastor friend that he was trying to teach people about God's will for prosperity. So everybody that got a brand new car got to park up front. But if you had an old one, the, they would direct you to the back. He's not in the ministry anymore. There's a scripture about how people dress and don't set them up front when the poor come in. Don't set them in the back. That's prejudice. Judging people on their appearance. Not just skin color, but how they look. How they, now listen, okay, I was going to say how they dress. But even how you dress, you need to cover everything. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right. All right. Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 through 14. We're talking about how to love the brethren. Talking about how to love the brethren. For brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not your liberty for an occasion of the flesh. So you haven't been given liberty to live in sin. You're not at liberty to disobey the word of God. That's not what your liberty is for. Not for an occasion of the flesh. But by love. This is your liberty. By love, you serve one another. One of the greatest expressions of love is helps ministry. One of the greatest expressions of love is doing for someone else, expecting nothing in return. Uh, Doing for someone else who can give you nothing in return. One of the things we love to do around here, um, this year we did a little different. uh, Prior year, uh, I think you all gave away 600 pairs of brand new Nike tennis shoes to children in schools. This last year we did it a little different. We had them come and I think we gave close to 200 or something away. Um, But... um, I love to give to children because there's nothing they can do to give back to you. They don't, they don't feel guilty about it. 
They don't feel like they owe you something now. They're just happy to have them. It's just good to be able to serve somebody. Um, now, if you serve people, God's going to repay. He's going to take care of you. But one of the signs of brotherly affection, of brotherly love, is serving one another. It says, but by love, serve one another. For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even this, you will love your neighbors yourself. Everybody say this. I will, I will. love my neighbor. As I love myself. One more, one more in this one. Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 8 through 9. Again, Amplified Classic. 1 Peter 4, chapter, chapter 4, 8. So this is Peter. Remember how the Lord dealt with him. He says, above all things, have intense and unfailing love for one another. For, he understands something about this. For love covers a multitude it covered the denial. Love covers a multitude of sins, forgives and disregards the offenses of others. Now let, let's just now. What does love do? It covers. Love covers. Now now listen. If love covers a sin, surely it can work somebody through a mistake. Surely, it can work through someone not being perfect. Surely. Yeah, but they annoy me. Well, I didn't say you had to be their best bud. But love covers a multitude of sin. Aren't you, now, with our sin, aren't you glad the blood of Jesus didn't cover? It removed. Right? One of the reasons, I'll just throw this in, that one of the, which one of the three sons got in trouble with, uh, off the boat? Noah. Um, one of the, one of the, I, I, I didn't snot my notes. Which one was it? Ham? Ham. Did we just have that for Christmas? Uh, ham. Anyway, anyway. Um, remember, because it was after the flood, and now the grapes are fermented, and Noah got drunk. I think it was by, you remember that? By, I think it was by accident. Uh, two of the sons covered him. One of them was like, hey, look at dad, posted it and everything. <laughs> but God thought not funny. Because he exposed him. Now, that can get into a whole lot of mess. If you know somebody, I heard you, I heard you. Pastor's on the front row, Brown is on the front row. Now you tell the other side of it. Because we don't say you cover, like, like if somebody is abusing a child, oh, you report that. If someone is abusing their spouse, oh, you report that. If someone's doing that, they, we'll forgive them while they're wearing a yellow or an orange jumpsuit or whatever they wear. We'll go pray for them at the prison house. You, you don't have to yet, you know, let the, abuser go. But I just want you to see the heart of God. God love covers. Pastor Mark, I just, that's why Peter said, because remember when the Lord said, you know, if someone offends you, forgive them. And Peter said seven times. Remember? I'll do it seven. I can do seven in one day. But Jesus said 70 times seven. I personally think that's too many. I do. I think that's way too many. But aren't you glad that the Lord will do that for you? And if he told us to do that, what is that? Have intense, unfailing love. Where does that come from? The love of God shed abroad in your heart. You can't do that with human love. You can't. Quit trying. Quit trying to do it with human love. Do it with agape. Do it with the love that's shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. It covers a multitude of sins. It forgives, disregards the offenses of others. Verse 10, verse 9. Practice, so this is a practical thing. So we're supposed to forget. Practice hospitality to one another. Those of the household of faith. Be hospitable. Be a lover of strangers. With brotherly affection for the unknown guests, for the foreigners the poor, and all others who come your way who are of Christ's body. 
and in, in each instance, do it ungrudgingly, cordially, graciously, without complaining, but as a representative of him. I know Doppel's playing good music, but I have too many more scriptures to give you to let you go on time. It's one service today. It's like a vacation for me. Hallelujah. (laughs) So I want to talk to you before we go. You can keep playing. You're doing a really good job. That's a nice shirt, by the way. Um, um, I don't think I ever preach hardly on this, but before we go, I want to look at Luke chapter 10, verse 29. You all know this account. Here, the King James calls him a lawyer, but he's not a lawyer like, like you and I would consider someone practicing law, a prosecutor or something. I think this is more of um, an astute person of the law who knows the law of God. So maybe this is more like a Levite. In verse 25 of Luke chapter 10, it says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted Jesus, saying, Master, what do I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, it is written. What's written? And so you ask me a question. I love the way Jesus, I do this with a lot of people, it irritates them. I'll answer your question with a question. What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, said, you'll love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. So obviously he had heard him, Jesus, say, if you do these two things, you fulfill the law. And Jesus said unto him, you have answered right. This do, and you're going to live. Have eternal life. Verse 29. But he said, willing to justify himself unto Jesus, he said, who's my neighbor? Can you clear that up? Because I don't want to do this for everybody. I just want to know who's my neighbor. And Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down to Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves. So it's a certain man. He's an anonymous man, a certain man. We don't know if he's a foreigner. We don't know if he is uh, of the Jewish faith. We don't, know, we don't know who he is. He's just a certain man. So this could be anybody, a certain man, a certain woman. Could be anybody. And he fell among thieves and was stripped of his raiment. So he's naked and he's wounded. And, uh, and they departed. They, they left him half dead. So the man's almost dead. Verse 31. And by chance there came down a certain priest. So who is the priest? Well, these are the ones who stand on the corners. These are the ones who dress a certain way. These are the ones who know the law. These are the ones who Jesus is usually irritated at. Because they know the law, they don't practice it from their heart there, but he's a priest. And when he saw him, he passed on the other side. So the religious ruler, somebody probably pretty important, passes on the other side, doesn't, doesn't deal with the wounded man that's half dead, that's naked. And then likewise, a Levite. What's a Levite? Well, a Levite is a step down from the high priest. A Levite is a person of the law. They are probably like the person who just asked him the question, a lawyer of the law. They know the law. And so here's the Levite. When he was in his, when he was at the place, came and looked on him. So he got a little closer. He looked on him and then he passed to the other side. The first guy didn't even, he just kept on walking. He at least looked, went to the other side. And then a certain Samaritan. A certain Samaritan. Now, Jesus is telling this story in front of, there are priests probably there. There are Levites probably there. These, he, he's mostly when he teaches, because he was sent to the house of Israel, that's who he's talking to. Now, what do you know about the Samaritans? What do the Israelites think about the half? Because the, this is a mixed race. Remember what he said to the, remember when the Syrophoenician woman came to get her healing, what did Jesus call her? Don't be afraid. He really did. He called her a dog. And what did she do? Well, even the dogs eat the crumbs. And he's like, I like you. So when he's telling this story and the Samaritan is the hero, he is just aggravated all of them. All y'all now mad. He just made the Samaritan the hero. The half-breed, the unclean, the nobody. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came, he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him. 
And he went to him, bound up his wounds, pouring oil and wine, set him in on his own beast, brought him to the inn, took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took two pence, gave them to the host and said, take care of him. And whatever he spends more, when I come again, I'll repay you. Now, which one of these three thinkest thou was the neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, he didn't answer. Jesus answered for him. Then he said, he that showed mercy on him, because everybody was there was ticked. But the Lord hates religion. You and I are not in a religion. We're in a relationship. He hates religion. He does. Doesn't hate the people that are practicing it. He just hates it because of what it does. He said he showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said, go and do likewise. Who's your neighbor? Well, of course, people who are born again. Whether, you know, even in the church, you got all these factions, but whether they like it or not, you know, especially if they don't like me, they better watch it. My mansion will probably be built to theirs, next to theirs. They'll be stuck with me all of eternity. Um, You know what I'm saying? I mean, so, uh, y'all, we're going to be together a long time. You might as well get it worked out in the 80 to 120 years you live on the earth. So you can see, maybe when you get to, anyway, listen, but who's your neighbor? Everybody's your neighbor. Whatever, whoever needs help, whoever, what's the deal though? What are you supposed to show? Compassion. I'm telling you that if you and I will show the same compassion, John 15, 12, what did Jesus say? He said, this is my commandment, that you love one another just like I loved you. And if, come on, I didn't deserve it. You didn't deserve it. I was a mess. You were a mess. I need his forgiveness. You need his forgiveness. I understand that Sometimes you have to stand up for things. You have to believe for you have to believe in things. But you don't have to do it with any hate, with any malice. The love of God never fails. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Seawall Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know him so you too can make him known.